0: One of yours, the monster. Monster? We're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a, a very, very British, British horror. horror. Now, before we talk about the film, we should talk about why there hasn't been an episode for a while. Uh, it's not laziness, indolence, <laughs> just a lack of being bothered. It's actually quite a good reason. Because my house burnt down.
1: Is that because you were harboring a secret zombie cult in your basement?
0: It was my unsuccessful experiments to create life. <laughs> okay.
1: I thought it was either that, or you you were harboring Dracula somewhere. It was living in your loft or something?
0: Well. <laughs> It's an occupational hazard when you're involved (laughs) with British horror, isn't it? (laughs) It all ends in flames. And, um, yeah, so I lived in a hotel for a bit. But now I'm living in a very nice temporary house where my own house is fixed. And um, I have the internet again and access to a wide array of British horror films, including the British horror film we're going to talk about this evening. Paul, what's it
1: called? Okay, the, this film was our standby film and I think you joked quite often about how we were gonna do this film. Uh and then as it happened, we needed a standby film, so uh good old Netflix this is on on Netflix if you want to watch it yourself. And I'm really going on and I'm trying to avoid telling you what the film is, but it is from nineteen sixty five Amicus's The Skull. Yes.
0: Yes, so um, very similar uh, period to Dr. Terror's House of Horror. Um, I think they launched, didn't they, with with, with uh, the Skull and with Dr. Terror, and Dr. Terror was a big hit. Yeah. And But the Skull has a fantastic cast. Amazing cast. Just. Peter Cushing in the main role. Yeah. It's got Christopher Lee as a guest star. Yeah. Poss- possibly the first time we've seen this in a in a British horror film. This became quite common, but I'm not sure. Sh- sure that it's happened before 1965 I mean it may well have done no no
1: but then both Cushing and Christopher Lee were quite big stars by then weren't they
0: yes so uh, and and the um, the cash uh, cash well whatever that word is of um, (laughs) having a Cushing and Lee double bill
1: cachet is the
0: French yes cache. yes yes or Cash is something else. Yeah, completely. Um,
1: Cash is what
0: Christopher Lee was
1: trying to earn lots of by having guest appearances in films
0: and yeah,
1: well, working in
0: Europe. Although this is not this is not a Scream and Scream Again, um, which will make sense one day when we do a Scream and Scream Again podcast. Where, but that, that that was that was Christine we should Lee. do that.
1: We should do that film.
0: We, we should definitely somewhere. should because quite a good film. But it's a complete lie to say it's Cushing Lee and Price together at last. Yeah. <laughs> but um that great aunt's house is
1: in that front.
0: Yes, and um, there's a oh, we'll big, to that big action thing at a quarry me. that's close to your heart. <laughs> but um no, um what was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean Scrimmsgrim again has uh, Peter Cushing in a very tiny role and him as a build guest star. Where whereas Christopher Lee's he's a reasonably um, frequent occurrence in this film he's got a few yeah. scenes throughout yeah the film. And, but we've also got a wide array of the great and the good of British acting talent yeah um, Jill Bennett playing um, Cushing's wife yeah and we've we've, we've got Patrick Weimark yeah we m- seen quite a lot of I know I, I think
1: this is this is the third film I think this is we've th- watched Fairly recently, that's had him in.
0: I know, and I think those are the three horror films we've <laughs> ever made. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so we, we've got him, and then we've we've, we've also got, um, in a bizarrely tiny role, Michael yeah. Goff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, how the mighty have fallen, eh? <laughs> 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 Arthur Holwood from Dracula, and here yeah. he's, he's an auctioneer for about nine seconds. You just go, oh look, it's Michael Goff. Yeah. And then you never see him again. No. But we've also got Patrick McGee.
1: We have, yeah. Again, in another
0: small role. Nigel Green. Yeah. I don't know who
1: Nigel Green is, but...
0: Oh, um... N- Nigel Green is absolutely brilliant in The Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair
1: enough. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, awesome British actor from the 60s. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling he's, um... In fact, I'm, I'm very confident that he's um, one of Fu Manchu's adversaries. I think, doesn't Fu Manchu have a British um, antagonist? And I think it's Nigel Green in the first film and then Douglas right. Wilmer after that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm recommending anyone watch those Fu Manchu films, but I, I believe Nigel Green is in one, at least one of them. Okay. Um, So, you know, it's, it's it's pretty impressive, really. I'm not sure I've even I've even covered everybody. Well, I haven't. I mean, there's some people you've never heard of in there as well, but... <laughs> Um Peter Woodthorpe. That interesting fact about Peter Woodthorpe, we once went to a party with Peter Woodthorpe. Did we? Yeah, we did. In, unless you didn't. Did, did, our friend Alex. Who's oh, is this the uh, Bonjour Class? Exactly. I our, 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 our friend Alex's uncle is a reasonably <laughs> famous comedy actor. Yes. And um, he was in a, a short-lived sick. Sitcom called the Class*, and Peter Woodthorpe was another of the actors in there. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said that Peter Woodthorpe was a friend of mine. Ah, uh,
1: yes. No, he—he uh, 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 he, he looked familiar, actually. Oh, uh, did you know that he was also the voice of Pigsy in *Monkey*? Pigsy. Yeah. There we go.
0: I love him most for being Max (laughs) in Respect to Morse.
1: Okay. And he was also Gollum in the Ralph uh, uh, Bakshi version of Lord of the
0: Rings. I think we're giving away our sources by Wikipedia. (laughs) But um, no, but seriously, uh, Peter Woodthorpe, who I believe is also. He was also in
1: Evil of Frankenstein. Yeah. Because I remember, didn't we ask him about that? I think we spoke to
0: him or. No. Did we
1: speak to David Troughton?
0: I think. Because he was there as well. He was there as well. I, th- I think our, um, our, our, our friend Mark spoke to Nigel Planer and asked him about Rick Mail, and, uh, which is probably not the thing to do to Nigel Planer. Say, I think your friend or your former co star is really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, great, great, great memories of uh, going to a sitcom after Show Party once in our lives. Um, but Peter Woodthorpe is um the sleazy landlord. Yeah. Um and a very reasonable supporting role. Anyway, um we should talk a We a bit about the plot though. What it's about. Do you know do you know, <laughs> thanks to Wikipedia again, I've discovered that there's actually uh, a basis of truth in this plot. Ridiculous as it sounds Okay. Um Yeah, go on. So, basically, Amicus tried to have it two ways. So, the film starts in the 19th century. Yeah. Some some guy bring, brings a skull home after robbing a grave. Yeah. You see the grave, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, he's got a very um, lovely uh, lady waiting in his bath. But he's not interested in her, and he sends her away so he yeah. can look at the skull. Yeah. And then... Uh, the the lady comes in and he's dead.
1: Yeah. And then that's the titles, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Presumably, though, one thing I, I noticed about that was that health and safety, presumably, I don't know what he's using, because he's trying to obviously get all the flesh and everything off the skull. So presumably he's using some sort of acidic or caustic kind of solution. I would yeah. suggest some sort of alkaline solution would do that. Um but he's kind of picking up the skull and handling everything with no gloves well, or, or any kind of protective protective gear. So it's well, not surprising he ends up dead because, you know, he's not.
0: Yes, I, I, think, I think you're right, Paul. I think Or it's
1: perhaps like, it's fuming nitric acid, which is even worse, because it's, it's fuming and stuff. So, yeah, you,
0: that you bothered know, me a bit. People don't pay very much attention to the health and safety implications of <laughs> horror films. So I think it's an area that we, we could explore endlessly. Yes, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the reason this guy's done this is not some kind of uh, crazy, no. evil, black magic right. It's because, uh, as we discover later in the film, because he's a, 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 phren- a phrenologist. Phrenologist, yeah. yeah. He's interested in the skull as a, a curiosity and also, I guess, as a, a major um, advance for his science, because um, it's the skull of the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. Um, but then, the act, after he's found tragically dead, um, the action switches to present-day London, and uh, the auction... For Some bizarre black, sort of, um, black magic, black magic slash demonology of items, statuettes. Yeah, these are statu- statues of uh, hell demons from hell. And um, basically, Michael Goff, who I mentioned, is the auctioneer, and Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are stuck in a bidding war for these uh, yeah. these nasty looking statues, and uh. Christopher Lee wins. Um, well, he he seems quite desperate to he, get them. He's absolutely desperate. This um Count DQ and Grand Moff Tarkin going head to head, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's DQ that comes up trumps here. <laughs> but Patrick Weimark's there with the um, with Christian's character uh, Maitland. Yeah, famous, yeah. Maitland. And, and, and Patrick wymark is just kind of his like uh, his contact in the. Uh, the underworld, the criminal underworld, not the actual underworld. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he says basically leave it. He's got more money than you. And yeah. uh, so, reluctantly, Cushing has to let Lee have the statues. Yeah. And um, then, but then we learn a bit more about Cushing. He's some kind of scientist who, or researcher, who uh, collects these um, these witchcraft and uh, Sort of superstitious, yeah. Black uh, like magic, and, and he's writing
1: stuff. some sort of book on it as well and
0: about how ridiculous it all is. And um, then, um, Wymart turns up at his house. He's some gre- he He's he's uh, uh, revealed to be really dodgy, isn't he? Because he's obviously stealing all the stuff. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, what's his? Name? He's got some stupid name, doesn't he? Oh, Ma- yeah.
1: He's called Marco and uh, yeah. Anthony Marco.
0: Yeah, and um. It's
1: a very mobster name.
0: Yeah. Well, and Marco brings in this book, which is uh, the life of the Marquis de Sade, yeah. Bound in Flesh. And, and he uh, persuades Christian to buy it and says he'll come back tomorrow with something even better. Yeah. And um, I think we see... He uh, reminds Chris me, of Do you
1: remember... Do you remember the... Um, someone we used to know called Dean Allen? I went to school with him. No. He, well, he kind of, like... He used to... <laughs> What he used to do is he used to come round my house and knock on the door, uninvited, and he would always have some really awful computer game that he would then persuade me to play that that night, and he'd come in. It just really reminds me of this, the way Marco sort of turns up with with just this artefact that he's got from somewhere and goes, yeah, go on, buy it, buy it.
0: If you're listening, Dean... (laughs) It was a really
1: awful um, tag team wrestling game that we played for ages, and, and he got quite excited because I was doing quite well at it. But it was actually one of those games where you could just do the same move over and over again.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't remember him, but I, um, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, but um, I think he, he treats him as a soft touch, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah,
1: because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like Cushing's actually asking him to get these things.
0: No, he, he just, just
1: sort of turns, turns up, up with with
0: something. And as I was going to say, I think um, Bateman's wife, um,
1: and she doesn't like him. No,
0: I think we have a, we have a quite a good scene where where she's like, he's not in, and oh yeah, we'll see me and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is more more or less the only actual acting Jill Bennett gets to do in this, I think. Yeah. She does some sleep acting. She does some sleep acting later on. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I, I, okay, I'm going to stop here because I, I was reading about Jill Bennett. Yeah. Because I, 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 she's not, she's not really in these kind of films. She's um, like a, a, a different kind of actress to this, um, generally. Proper actress. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and but she, I knew uh, the thing I knew about her was that she killed herself. Yeah. Um, Way way back in nineteen ninety, and I was just reading about the circumstances around that, and it it was um, she she'd been married to John Osborne, and yeah. and they divorced acrimoniously like over a decade b- before, and um, he he had had the great playwright John Osborne. I never yeah. realised he was like this. Basically, they, 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 they he had an injunction against him, which meant he was wasn't allowed to talk about her and right. um, that, that court injunction ended her death so he, he added a chapter about her in his autobiography which he basically sl- slagged her off totally <laughs> and said how glad he was that she was dead oh, it was nice. absolutely I was, just, I was just reading something absolutely <laughs> a t- <laughs> what a horrible horrible man so
1: was he the was baddie in Get Carter or was that somebody completely different
0: I think he did actually have quite a ma- major yeah. film role. I think I think he might actually. Oh, we're going be off right. a, a tangent here,
1: but I think he was the the, the baddie.
0: Was, yeah, he he was a total swine. It turns out, and I did not know that. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really looking. I'm looking at this up now. I mean, I, I knew him for his like kitchen sink type plays, which yeah. I always hated anyway. Yeah, look back uh, the, anger. Uh, the, the, the the entertainer. Some stuff, stuff that I'd never actually watch, but even though I love Lawrence Olivier, but.
1: I never. They get Carter.
0: Yeah, yeah. i um, so, yeah, also really, really like. He was
1: in Flash Gordon as well. He was in Flash Gordon. Yeah, who was in Flash Gordon? Sorry, this is where we go off a tangent because we just start clicking things in Wikipedia. Uh, he must have had a very small role in that.
0: Oh, yeah. No memory of John Osborne in Flash Gordon.
1: Uh, he's know. a, a Arborean priest. Uh, so is he the guy that's?
0: Presumably marrying oh. Dale and Ming, perhaps. Oh, that, that's quite a good scene if that's him. Oh, But there's also a high priest, so yeah, that, well, that might be him as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, poor old Jill Bennett. Yeah. And and you know she's 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 fine in, in this film. Quite thankless supporting supporting role. It's not 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 really. I mean, there's, no. a, there's only there's only one role in it's uh, Peter Cushing is the only main character. Yeah, I mean yeah. um, Marco is kind of interesting, but as we, we 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 go on, we find that he um, he lives in a sleazy flat. He offers he comes back the next night and he offers Cushing this the skull of yeah. Marquis de Sade, but like for a thousand pounds. And Cushing just says, "I'm not paying you a thousand pounds for something that may or may not be the skull of Marquis de Sade, and you can't actually prove it." And um um. Then Marco haggles himself down to 500 quid. Yeah. Further convincing, causing it's sort all of a scam. Yeah. But um, um, uh, he then says, "Look, you'll think about it. You'll definitely want this, and come come and uh, do it at my uh, at my at my house yeah. or my yeah. flat." Yeah. And he gives him his address, which he's obviously never had before. Which yeah. is says out to this dive, in Soho Street, um, or some place called Soho Street, um. But then, but then Cushing finds out it is the real Skull, because he's playing billiards with, yeah, with, uh, with Christopher Chris Lee at their Gentleman's Club, because obviously this is, is an authentic depiction of British <laughs> life. <laughs> and, um, um, uh, uh, he, t- he says about the Skull, and, and, and Christopher Lee, who plays this guy, Matthew Phillips, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes, yeah, it's definitely genuine because he stole it from me. Yeah. And of course he was like, well, let's go and get it back. He's like, I don't want it back. It's evil. No. Yeah, it's and evil. Uh, and then um, he gives
1: him that little trinket, doesn't
0: he? To so he protects it from evil. And, it. and he says, yeah, I actually bought the statues because the skull made me. Yeah, uh, And Christian just goes, that's a load of rubbish. But then he's like, oh, it's the, it is the skull that de destroyed. So he goes to buy it off Marco. Yep. And uh, Marco's dead, so he steals it. Yep, and um, then then it gets a bit weird. Do you think he steals it at
1: that point because the skull has started to influence even that that early on, or do you think he just thinks, oh, well, I might as well take it anyway?
0: Well, that's a really good question because the, um, Cause,
1: cause then then what happens is he then immediately afterwards he gets caught by the landlord and the landlord sort of saying, oh, what are you doing here? Then are you nicking that? and and it ends up with him accidentally
0: but in a kind of tussle, deliberately pushing killing down him, yeah.
1: Over the banister yeah. the
0: stairs. So so the answer is so, yes, so, I so believe so he is under the influence of the skull. Yeah. And, and and he's been warned by Lee that basically yeah, the new moon, the skull's power is yeah. enormous and yeah. so he can't go so so Christopher well Phillips, Christopher Lee had had not been able to go into the same room as the skull because he knew he wouldn't be able to resist its power anymore. But this whole, that's quite interesting. Uh, this this is based on a sh- this whole thing is based on a short story by Robert Block. Yeah, um, I think the beginning of quite a long association between Block and Arrakis. Yeah, but um, it, like saying it, like I was saying it, I was, I'm sure sort of resembles how it must have read, which is like that's quite an interesting idea. Yeah, but in an actual film, it's a completely inanimate Halloween prop. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no getting around that. <laughs> no, it's quite
1: it's quite tricky to kind of make that
0: <laughs> scary. So, yeah, so that that's so we hit the first problem with this film really, which which is that the skulls the skull itself is rubbish. It's just a rubbish villain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not got any. Of course, it's got no personality. It's not. I say inanimate... It does float around a bit, a little bit later on, I think.
1: It does, yeah. There's points where it sort of, um, it it sort of sits there and kind of floats about in a, not, not in a, later on it floats around in a literal sense, but early on there's a bit of, where it appears to be floating when someone's going under its influence. And that, that works reasonably well. I think we have to just just say that this film is directed by Freddie Francis, who who does quite a good job, I think, well, with, with the material he has.
0: I, I think, um, well, no, I've, got, I've, got to say, I've got to say, he's obviously a famous cinematographer as yeah, well as exactly, film, yeah. film director. And um, the script was written by Milton Sabotsky, the, the who, the who is one of
1: what there was of it
0: he's obviously not a writer a producer I've previously criticised Hammer for doing this yeah they're writers with John Elder and Henry Young yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but um, so you've got this quite thin story and Freddie Francis is young and enthusiastic and pulling every trick he can to try and make this work so, there's actually there's quite a lot of
1: silent stuff. There's quite a lot of I think stuff. he rewrites a lot of it. That's, I, mean, he, I think he said in an interview that he ended up rewriting a lot of it because what Sabotsky actually supplied was a very thin outline and the very bare bones of the script. It wasn't particularly well fleshed and, out. And you
0: can see how, how that happened. Yeah. Um,
1: and you're right about that because uh, there's, lo- there's loads of really nice touches in there. There's a bit where... Um, Cushing's got the skull in a in a in a glass fronted cupboard. Yeah. And and I can't remember exactly what he's doing, but he's sort of fretting a bit about something and 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 Freddie Francis decides to film that scene looking directly at the cabinet. So what you've got is you've got the skull sitting behind the glass and the reflection of Cushing acting in, in, in the glass. And I think that was I thought it was a really good shot. Quite, it's quite sophisticated. Um, yeah, and it's a really good way of portraying it. And actually, although it's quite cheesy, I quite like the the, the
0: vision. Oh yes, skull vision. <laughs> yeah, um, which 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 is to me actually harks back to a view from um, a hill. Yeah, yeah, with the, the skull yeah. binoculars and the skull yeah. mask. It's even got, but um, yeah, it just films through the eyes of the skull. Yeah. Um, with, with kind of, it sort it, of works. The
1: only time, the only problem I have with that is that there's points where, obviously, the characters, as they're talking, walk round and and the the camera with the skull eyes on front obviously moves round, tracks with them, which, if you think about it, would mean that the skull is actually rotating round, watching them yeah. walk backwards and forwards and move around, which, which they, would, they, they would notice
0: and comment on. <laughs>
1: So he kind of fails in that sense, but he's used quite effectively a couple of times, I think.
0: I think it's a, it's one of these tricks he's pulling to try and give the skulls some personality. Some, yeah,
1: it's to try and it's to try by putting the camera behind it. You're essentially saying there's there's something in there
0: because that's that's watching. Um, the the script tries to give the skulls some personality as well, but I probably, yeah, it's sort of where well, it does fail. Uh, partly, I think it fails because it's not a very. Interesting interpretation of the Marquis de Sade. I mean, it just turns yeah. him. It's just a mon. The idea is that he's this evil monster, which may well have been a, a, a view in the sixties, but I think I think now he's a much more interesting character than that. Yeah, and the, like a, a film like Quills, which I thought was yeah. rather, rather good, was a like much, much more <laughs> convincing exploration of the Marquis yeah. de Sade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so I didn't really like. I didn't like that it was the Marquis decided. Well, they, they, they,
1: but. they, uh, assume, assume, that he's, uh, possessed by some evil spirit. Oh, possessed right
0: by no? demons, yeah. yeah, and the same, the same invisible, invisible demons, demons yeah. um, uh, that, that, that go for you if you stay in the vicinity of this skull. Yeah. yeah. Invisible demons, not very cinematic, and indeed, no. there's no, there's no actual trace of these invisible demons. No, in no. It's a fucking skull. And um, so, I
1: don't think that's a problem. No. I think, I think it could be, perhaps described a bit better other than demons.
0: See like what I would have stuff. liked? And that's, you know, a bit of Ray Harryhausen. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, Ray Harryhausen knew what to do with the skull. Yeah. Put a skeleton body underneath it give it a sword. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it would have really been work good. in a horror film, but... <laughs> you know, I think... Yeah. I, I think it, but I, I think some kind of... Um, um, that kind of um, sort of old-fashioned animation, you know, it done subtly might really have helped because. Um, yeah. But oh, I don't think obviously the budget wouldn't stretch it. But um, there's a lot of effort gone to cover this central problem of. Yeah. Just using some cheap old prop as the main character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, there's a dream sequence. Um, yeah. Now, do you know I watched this dream sequence, and I'm thinking Nicholas Rogue, you know, because um, it reminded me so much of um, *Mask of the Red Death*. I don't know why precisely, yeah. but I think um, I, you tend to think that films didn't go sort of trippy and psychedelic in '65. It was a little right. bit later yeah. in the '60s, but but this has this has kind of because Cushing's characters arrested for. Um, some well, reason never really described, say. but it turns out he isn't arrested at all. He's um, taken off to some
1: strange house,
0: and then he has to play Russian roulette, yeah. makes it, And it's that's all silent. And
1: yeah, there's, there's lots of yeah.
0: And you know, when we talked about this, I I I said oh, I'd like to do the skull because I've seen it on Netflix, but I watched it um like 15 <laughs> years ago, yeah. and I hated it. And, and of course, and I hated it. it Was a bit of a problem when it yeah, was yeah. But well,
1: that's why it was always the the yeah. backup thing. Cause but
0: you see, the the problem I had with it is that I watched it quite late at night. Yeah, and it's a little bit trippy, a little bit like. Yeah. And I just, I just couldn't stay awake. It's not, <laughs> not that it's boring. It's just the the, the like <laughs> dream sequences, and there's a lot of silent stuff in the final third. Yeah, as well, just Cushy and a skull, and and uh, sleeping Jill Bennett. Yeah, and. Um, it's just, it's just, it just lulls me. <laughs> I mean, I mean... Um, it's just Skull's It's, it's sort of hypnotic. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but, um, so don't watch this late at night would be my advice. Yeah. I think, I think, because the best bit is watching Freddie Francis at work. Yeah. And you, but you, 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 you need... You, you basically need to be awake for that. So if you're going to watch it in the evening, late in the evening, coffee, mate. It has to be coffee. <laughs> and and so so you know, <laughs> this time I didn't have trouble getting. I didn't I didn't feel oh. like that. I didn't have trouble. I didn't not enjoy it. No, like I had for, And I I thought it would be okay because it's a Cushing and Lee film from the mid '60s. I and mean, yeah. It can't be that. How bad could it have been? Yeah. But um, yeah. That that was. That was I mean, and, yeah. and the dream sequence kind of sort of morphs into the I mean when he wakes up he doesn't really he doesn't wake up that much does he because no. the horror carries on yeah it's um,
1: it's just slightly more grounded I guess
0: yeah but
1: but it's <coughs> yeah I'd have to say you again Cushing is, is fantastic in, in this well, of course, loads but, of the scenes because he's he's
0: renowned for his ability with props yeah and there's, there's lots of that and there's a yeah. little bit of overacting as well he's not not, yeah not the subtlest actor i mean you obviously um obviously trained on the stage and, yeah. uh, and uh, all that and uh, he does go a bit big sometimes but um which which Christopher Lee was less prone to doing um and so you couldn't say that it was naturalistic,
1: oh god no right mm-hmm. mean, i mean a bit where he's compelled by the skull to kill his wife. I mean, again, it's fantastically acted, but, yeah, definitely
0: no, 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 a I, bit over the top. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I think this is not because he's greatest performance, but it, it, it is it is, it is interesting, and I think... Um, well, given
1: that he has to carry a lot of the film himself, I think,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's star power, isn't it's it? It's pretty good. And I, I guess it, this was the apex of that, because certainly... Um, it tailed off. I mean, he's still, yeah, I mean, Chris Lee's the guest star, but by the time he gets to the early 70s, that, that they tend to be in when they're in films together, Chris Lee tends to be top build and he tends to be the yeah. second build or the yeah. guest star and play, playing the more supporting part. So, I think, I think there's a obviously he's slightly older and was more senior, but then, um. And Christopher Lee was playing the monsters, wasn't he, in the fifties? But this is yeah. kind of their, their, their kind of middle horror period, where probably when they're most equal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they've got a really good chemistry, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a scene um, where, where possessed uh, Peter Cushing has to break into the club to get the statues, <coughs> and
1: oh, that's right, yeah,
0: and and, it's, and 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 Christopher Lee comes in, and so Cushing bashes into death. Yeah. Um, um, which, which, which does he?
1: Does he kill him? Well, I'm not entirely I don't sure. It's, it's uh, uh, never entirely made clear, is it? He just.
0: Well, yeah. I liked. Well, never see Lee again. It, no, he don't. So. so. he probably does bash him to death. Um. Yeah. But it's it's not like it's not really a vintage. Oh, Cushing and Lee, it's not like Dracula versus um Bad Helsing, is it? Or, or or it's not like Horror Express and they yeah, up. No. Um but it's 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 alright, it's nice nice to see them nice to see them together. Um certainly just because it's them that 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 confrontation sort of overshadows a little bit what happens next, which is yeah. just a, a prolonged mental breakdown, really. Yeah. Where, where, where Cushing's like, must not kill. Why? Yeah. And then, and then she turns over to reveal a cross, and he goes, "Oh no, I really mustn't kill her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then he goes back in, and then, the, yeah. and then the skulls, obviously without saying this, says, "Oh, go on, you really got to do it. You really got to do it." Yeah. And uh yeah, I can't even remember whether he does or he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. <laughs> Oh, 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 good. Well, so no,
1: because I think at the end, you know, he 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 basically does himself in, doesn't he? Yes, yes, he does. And it, so,
0: oh, no, so she discovers his dead body yeah, at the end, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, and that's the end. Yeah. Oh, well, spoilers. <laughs> that spoiler warning possibly came a bit later than it should have done. Uh, it doesn't
1: matter. We <laughs> uh, just
0: assume people have seen yeah. themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then that is basically it. But. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what you've got. And
1: quite a downbeat ending.
0: Yeah. For, for but then Doctor Terror's got quite a downbeat ending as well. I suppose so. Well, they're all... But then, but then, all,
1: then all of the people in... The thing with a lot of the amicus uh, portmanteau films is that a lot of the characters in the individual segments aren't particularly likeable or moral people. It's true. So you don't feel so bad at the end when they get their comeuppance. It's a bit more like, yeah, fair enough. But in this, Cushing's characters, he's a little bit greedy for maybe these these artefacts of knowledge and collecting and all this sort of stuff, collecting. But he's not a bad person. He's not doing anything...
0: He's meddling in forces. He does not understand.
1: He does, but but he's not particularly... A bad person.
0: No, that's right.
1: In the sense of the, those other Amicus films, so so at the end, it's quite it's quite horrible when that happens. I think. I think it's quite effective.
0: I agree. And, and one one more word word on that, which is obviously Christopher Lee's character is similarly interested in the, the dark arts, but yeah. he's, he's kind of he's kind of um, much more moralistic. Much more. It's all absolutely true. Don't yeah, mess with yeah, it. yeah. And and I think. Christopher Lee himself was quite like that. Yeah, um, I, I've seen interviews and things with him where he's going on about, you know, don't don't mess with the Black Bible and stuff. Yeah. I'm feeling he liked...
1: Tread the, on the cracks in the pavement, that
0: kind of thing. He liked the, I think he liked his weekly stuff because yeah, he, he was pretty convinced that was a documentary. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's good, though, because when you've got Christopher Lee saying that, with his deep booming voice, yeah. it does. It does. it does carry a lot of authority, and you know, Peter Cushing ignored it at his peril.
1: But exactly. Mm. So when it comes to dark arts things, listen to Christopher Lee. Obviously, it's the moral here.
0: Yeah, I think. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Um, yeah, Amicus really didn't. Because we've, we've talked about some of these Amicus films that uh, we did. And now the screaming starts. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Some of these Amicus films that aren't portmanteau films. Yeah. And they—they're not really. I mean, they—they—they're they're, they're good. Some of them are good. Yeah. Um, but th- th- this is not that. G- I don't know, I'm giving away. The, I'm giving away the ending of our podcast here. Yeah, it's okay. It, th- this is not that great compared to Doctor Terror. Yeah. Doctor Terror is a much stronger idea, and the execution yeah. is probably a bit better too. Yeah. And so you can see why they went in that direction. And and um,
1: I think the good thing about those those segments are all, all only about sort of fifteen minutes long, so if one was a bit rubbish,
0: I I think yeah, a, a pick and mix approach yeah. to horror films probably worked for them. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not totally convinced that they. Well, right. The I mean, the kind of that's bare bones writing. Is much yeah. more suited, yeah, poor man. Too, and film that's, anyway. that's
1: presumably how they they did them a little bit. Anyway, they, yeah. but um, but yeah, this. I mean, this could work as as one segment in one of those films, couldn't it?
0: Well, it, isn't there a very similar segment in Torture God? I, I haven't seen Torture no, God for a, for long, a long, time, long time either, but though. I'm pretty sure there's a segment in that which is about Edgar Allan Poe's skull, <laughs> and two collectors vying for it and i yeah, really
1: sure it's something to do I, is it his skull or is it well I can't remember now but yes there is something along those lines isn't
0: it yeah is that, and I, I remember rather enjoy. we'll have to do Torture Garden something yeah, point. yeah. Uh, but I, 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 so I do remember a similar uh, oh, that was directed by Freddie Francis and written by Robert Boss as <laughs> well so. <laughs> um, so what is it uh, the man who collected Poe, a Poe collector, murders another collector over a collectible he refuses to show him only to find it. it's Edgar Allan Poe himself.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so not quite a skull then. No. But it's, it's, it's quite a similar idea, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Wikipedia, again. So, um, but,
1: uh, earlier on, I don't know if this was before we started recording, you were saying it has quite a so has some basis in fact. I
0: did, I did say that. I, I, I So I believe that um, the Marquis de Sade's skull was actually looted from his grave by a phrenologist and then went missing. And has never been found. Ooh. That might have been going to look Do you know what? A little while
1: ago, probably about a year ago, as part of my my, my job, I was uh, helping to clear out uh, a, a medical clinical skills building, and one of the things they had in there was uh, I was wandering through, and there's always things that are going to get thrown away, and this was all stuff that was needed to be thrown away. And they had a whole a whole set of different skulls and various things, and there was a a skull there, and I thought, oh, that's quite cool. It'd be a good Halloween prop. And I picked it up and I was going, thinking, wow, the, the, plas- the plastic kind of moulding this is really realistic. The teeth look really realistic. And then I realised it actually was a, a genuine, real skull.
0: And uh, how many could, people did it make you kill? <laughs> that
1: could have been the Marquis de Sade skull. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. that actually didn't kill anyone, you'll be pleased to know.
0: I, 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 I'm uh, interested that you feel the need to deny it <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest that's it for the skull that's all I've got yeah, to say yeah. so um, shall, we, shall we wrap shall up shall we wrap up yep
1: uh, so, so the usual questions that I would do did, did, did you like
0: this film Chris sort of <laughs> that's That's my genuine answer sort of
1: well I would say I would say that I I, I don't think I'd seen this before so but I was put off by you
0: yeah,
1: I'm sorry about that. So, I actually quite liked it, but I think it, I think I more admired bits of it than genuinely sort of really enjoying it. If that makes sense, it
0: does. make sense. Yeah. So,
1: so like again, we were talking about all the nice camera work and, and, and the way it's filmed and, and that kind of thing, and I I I kind of really admired all that and the acting and you know having having a third act that's mostly silent
0: right? which is an inc- incredible technical feat. yeah, yeah it's, it's so, so
1: there's lots to admire in it but as to whether it whether I actually really enjoyed it not too sure
0: I I, I think that's that, that's two similar positions to be hold there so in terms of this
1: does this this hold
0: up no no I don't think so no um <laughs> The central conceit is just rubbish. I'm sure it wasn't scary at the time. No,
1: no, and it's that. I guess answering the third question, it's not a scary.
0: No, thing. no, it's got no chance of being scary. It's just a, it's just an, an idea that does not lend yeah. itself to cinema at all. <laughs> not <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just a I think, real, real tribute to everyone involved that it's as good as it is. I think, a, I think there's I
1: think there's a, a, a little bit of merit in a in the skull you know it could be a bit creepy if it, i think it does this once where the skull is put away somewhere and then they go out and they find it has moved somewhere else but you don't see it
0: move it's just there that would be better and i think that
1: works they do that about once i think in this but i think it's one of those things that if you the more times you did it the the worse it would get and i think for they they're trying to be uh so trying you- to look quite uh Quite sort of scary is it, it with it floating around doesn't doesn't really work doesn't work plus as well there's a bit of doesn't the skull bite somebody early on I think it bites somebody, so they talk about having human teeth marks,
0: oh yeah no, that's um, that's Marco isn't
1: it yeah, that's right yeah see that's the other other kind of like strictly accurately scientific problem I have with this is that. Uh, obviously your your lower jawbone is not actually physically connected to the rest of your skull. So when you see a, a, a skull, it, it, it's normally had them connected by springs or so, bits of wire or something similar. So you know when it floats around, the jaw should just drop out. But then I suppose it's the evil demonic forces holding it together.
0: Well, how does it clean its teeth?
1: Well it didn't. I mean I didn't do that It's a marquee de not clean teeth in those days.
0: Well it's got, I mean, guy he's got this has got a good set of teeth. This guy has a very good set of teeth and and given, if it's been biting people to death Yeah <laughs> it's obviously been getting the old colgate out afterwards, isn't yeah. it? Because there's no no sign well, of blood on those teeth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess maybe it's been doing uh as this is obviously a bit more contemporary, I guess it's had access to toothbrushes and toothpaste which you wouldn't have had originally, so, yeah.
0: I think that must be it. And that makes it even more scary. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Um, What are we going to do next time?
1: Okay, next time we are shooting ahead into the uh, more modern 21st century.
0: I think we're just about in the 21st century, yeah? Yeah.
1: And we're we're uh going to be doing something werewolfy. Yes,
0: werewolfy. Brilliant. So we're
1: we're gonna be looking at uh Scottish soldiers in the Scottish Highlands getting terrorised by werewolves in dog soldiers. So looking forward to that.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to that too. I, I don't think uh, we've covered a Sean Purley film before and it's time to write that wrong. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's got an interesting cast. I think there are other interesting cast members in that. But we'll talk about that next time. Um, and I guess in the meantime, if you want to contact us for any reason, uh, you, you want to um, disagree we, with us and tell us that the school is, is great and contact us and we do reply. So there's several ways you can do this. You can do it via our Facebook page where we're a very British Horror or via Twitter where we're uh, very Brit horror, or you can email us at very British horror at gmail.com, and like I said, we will reply. Can't guarantee it'll be a very good reply, <sighs> but, we'll say but we, will we will say something.
0: And, we and the, e- emails we the emails read we read we will out.
1: Read out. Yeah. We like
0: emails. Yeah. Um, and Another thing we should say is that. Um, due to our overwhelming success or our underwhelming hosting <laughs> provider, we, we, we've been we've been uh, down for the end of each month. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're we're fixing that. In fact, this should be going. This should be the first podcast going out on our new hosting provider, and everything should be great now. Yeah. But we're sorry if you tried to download podcasts before. Exactly. We really yeah. yeah. We're victims of our own success.
1: Yeah. Okay. Then right. So until next time.
0: I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Good night. Bye-bye.